Huzzah, friends! <laughs> Welcome back to this episode of Simply Complicated. I am bringing to you this week, I'm bringing back rather, this is Peter Saris's second time on the podcast. She's also known as the professional babe um, over on her Instagram and as her business. We jam on, well, I think I'm going to call this podcast course blocks, which is like a bit of a play on the word cock blocks (laughs) because we can. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But basically, if you have ever put off doing the thing that you've wanted to do because of the thing that you think you needed to have, like degrees, masters, more experience, all of those traditionally big ticket items um, that you must have before you do the thing. We're blowing the lid off that, and I hope you enjoy. Nothing stifles more dreams than fear. And I'm going to take a guess that the belief that you need to be doing something more in order to do the thing is the number one reason why most people pump the brakes or actually never get started. Peter Serres, business coach, entrepreneur, and all-round boss, and I got to talking on Insta when the topic of degrees came up. Peter, you are the only guest to appear twice. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel so special. I know we were talking a little bit earlier and I'm like, I've had the best day and this is just the cherry on top. I love that. I'm happy to be the cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and we're already taking it just a little too far. So what's your thoughts on what I've just mentioned about people say course blocking themselves in terms of business, life, that sort of thing, course blocking. I love that. I really, really love that term. It's um, it's so funny at the moment. I'm running a mastermind and it's just, it's so interesting when you work with people to kind of um, like, you'd be the same. Everyone just kind of like tells you all of their like limiting beliefs that they don't realize is a limiting belief at the time. Um, but I'm so fortunate to work with uh, five women. They are so well qualified, like it's like one of them is a doctor. They just blow my mind. And it still comes up this whole, I feel like I'm a bit of an imposter. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole course blocking and people always wanting to do another course and doing another thing. It's like, they think if they go that next step, it's actually going to solve all of these limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome stuff that they actually feel. Totally. I can totally see how that would be the case. And I know I've definitely gone through phases of that where it was like, especially when online courses first became a thing, um, it was like every single one that came up, I felt like I had to do or I wouldn't be justified in talking about whatever it was that I was talking about. But really it all came down to a belief that I wasn't enough as I was, which then was just manifesting in all the other ways. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. And I think that I was the same. It was always kind of just looking for that next thing. But it's it's the kind of thing where then there's no end point <laughs> because then it's like you're always after that next thing. You then look for the next thing and then the next course and then what's the next thing and then what else can I do? 
Totally. And there's nothing like I love upskilling. I love learning. I love ingesting information and podcasts and all of that. But it doesn't need to be the thing that validates you. You know what I mean? Unless we're talking about like doctors, like totes need to get that (laughs) piece of paper. Um, (laughs) Like trauma counselors, that's a specific niche that needs special qualifications and psychologists and psychotherapists, totally like pilots, <laughs> probably. Yeah, like there's you a know. whole list of things. It's like you definitely need you, you need a degree or you need a bit more than a degree for that. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they've cracked open a book. But I don't have a HSC. And I love that. I know when you told, I know when you told me this when we were talking on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, you need to do a podcast on this. Like I have to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what, and you're not degree. Are you, have you done a degree? No, it's so funny. When I finished school, I got really great. Um, is it ATAR or whatever it was? Like I had really good HSC results mm-hmm. and um, I went and worked at JJ's and everyone was kind of like, it was this whole like what the fuck moment for a lot of people that I (laughs) didn't go to uni. I was like, I'm going to go and work at JJ's. So no, I don't have a degree. I've done uh, like, I've got my Pilates qualifications and I've done courses here and there to upskill, but yeah, no uni for me. And this is what I love about it. And now you're a business coach. And in my opinion, I've seen a lot of business coaches. I've worked with a few, the best business coach that I've ever worked with. And like I was telling you before, um, like honestly, your Instagram and the content and your email, which I know you've got a course coming out or a package like give good email, which I can't wait for, by the way, BTW, um, <laughs> like you give out so much valuable content and not one iota of it has come through a degree. No, it's all been kind of in the work and doing the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which there is like, that's really scary. If I, um, like I started my, and I think I said this on the last episode, I started my Pilates studio when I was 20 with like no freaking idea what to do. So I was very fearless. And I think being naive really paid off in the end. The downside of that was it probably took me a lot longer to be successful. If I had a framework, stuff would have happened quicker. Um, and I probably wouldn't have lost a lot of money because of course when you try new things especially in business that can be risky financially um but the cool thing was i had uncovered new ways to do things so i didn't learn a particular methodology and think okay this is the only way that i can do this yeah i would i would try multiple different ways and then sometimes um like just prior to uh our our call that we're doing now i had a call with my membership And I was explaining sales funnels and opt-ins and one of the people on the call, she's like, I've never heard anyone explain things in the way that you do. It's you explain it in a way that I actually understand. And I think it's because I have been that person that was so confused that had to figure it out for myself and work out a way that could make sense for me that I could continue to replicate it. Well, see, even when you say sales funnels, it gives me a chest pain because... (laughs) I'm like, oh, danger, 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 because, and it's not, and I need to work on that, I know, um, because, yeah, I've never done a, a 
I've never looked at it at that way. I'm very, I haven't got a business plan. Um, but hey, look, trust me. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I don't have a strategic business plan. I've followed the next right thing. But how you're, how you do explain it with the terminology, um, that you do use and the language and just the analogies and things, which I love a good analogy helps people understand it. It makes it, um, you know, the fact that you don't have, or you don't use the super beige textbooky, you know, crap that would have been coming out of the universities probably when we went through, Oh God, now I'm going to get hate mail from people saying, I don't mean it like that, guys. Please don't send me hate mail hacking on universities. I just mean that some of the textbooks could use a little color. Um, Yeah. So the way that you bring it to life and keep it relevant is so refreshing and I love that. And I just, yeah, it hasn't come from um, getting it right every time. It's come from the experience and the um, ability to give it a crack. Yeah, exactly. And if it makes if it makes you feel better, I um I don't have a business plan either. Well, that's good. <laughs> I don't have a business plan. <laughs> I I very much will. And I think because when you're in the work, and especially right now with just like the year that is 2020, you have to constantly tune into your gut and trust yourself and make changes on a regular basis. So I think for me, like I have an idea of what I want, um, like a goal that I'm moving towards, but I don't ever have like a proper breakdown. Like I'm never like, here's my business plan. Here's what I'm doing. It's always like, okay, well, here's kind of what I'm doing now. Like with my course, um, give good email. And I just kind of work out, all right, well, here's my goal around it. Here's kind of what I'm doing. It's very loose. Like everything is written on little scraps of paper. I work really well like that. Some Mm -hmm. people are probably like, why, why don't you, why don't you do this online? You need a Trello board. But for me, it's a Trello board. Oh, it's like, it's it's kind of like, um, uh, not like a mind mapping tool, but it's basically like a very, think of it as like a very structured to-do list. Okay. Yeah. It's a structured to-do list where for me, like I love putting pen to paper and, um, I, I love my tiny little pieces of paper where if people looked at it, they'd be like, throw that out. I'm like, no, that's like my pricing plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I love. Like I'm very, um, of the OG type where we put the pen to paper and do the things and brainstorm it. And I can get a way better timeline like that as well. If I, and that comes with me. I, so I totally agree with that. Like I still rock a paper diary. I do have my, um, you know, my calendar like on my Mac, but if I'm planning out my day, it's a paper diary, like a Emma, Kate and Co just diary. I like that. It makes me feel like, you know, I can take that with me wherever I go. But um, there's so many ways in which we course block, stop, um, you know, stifle ourselves. And it's not just business. Like it could be anything like, you know, like public speaking within your role. You don't feel like you haven't done like a Toastmasters course so you can't speak. I've never done a public speaking course or anything. I've never – no one – like – I like honest, I've never 
done that. I just did it and just hoped it got better. <laughs> like, and that sort of thing. Like, there's no, I've never done a public speaking course. I've never done a course on how to write a book. I just sat down and decided I was going to write a book um, and worked out what would work for me. Maybe I need to do a podcast on that. But not everyone wants to write a book. But anywho, what are some of the things that you've done that you know you've you've gone the different way about getting it like you haven't got the course or you've done something that they say you shouldn't be able to do without the thing um okay what's one thing what's one thing um okay so when I started my membership um and when did I start that I think I opened cart like January 16th and we kicked off Feb 1st I didn't have like any um you know, sometimes when you go into a program and you get like beautiful like emails and stuff and all of yeah. all of that, I had nothing. Like I was like, let's just do this later. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so backwards. And it's funny because if you ask some people, they're like, well, that's not very professional. But it actually worked out really well because I could kind of see where people needed help. And if I had to develop a particular framework – so now six months in, I'm like, cool, let me create um, a bit of an onboarding sequence or I've called it the momentum sequence where I kind of just get the questions that people will ask me and I've formulated it into like a little email sequence that they, they receive when they start the membership. But I think what is so great about the fact that I didn't do it at the start is I now have six months worth of people being like, help me, I'm stuck or I have a blog or I have this. Yeah. So I could, I could write it, I could actually write it out because I basically had six months of pain points being spewed out at me um, where now I think that that will convert so much better than me kind of doing everything at the start because I'm not sure how stuff is going to pan out. Yeah. So that worked really well where a lot of the time – and I think, and one thing I will say about any time you get advice for people online, and I know you would see this as well, people will often give you advice because it's worked for them. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. So it's like for you, like you work really well with pen to paper where other people might work well with their like um, Trello boards and, and organizing themselves mm-hmm. that way. Like both are perfect because they work for the person. And it's the same with me with kind of developing all of my systems. It actually worked well because I could kind of see like where people are stumbling and then develop a system around that. Like how am I meant to know how that's going to work if I haven't done it before? Well, that's it, isn't it? And that comes back to that being, like you said, about this year being one giant blender um, creation like you've got to be willing to pivot, I think, in life and business. Or if you are willing to pivot and look at what things are, I think that's one of the main reasons why I don't have like a five-year plan. That thing just gives me the heebie-jeebies because how are you possibly going to know what business is going to look like in five years, life is going to look like in five years, anything or the way that you're feeling and especially when you're an extra feely person like I know both you and I are, Having something set in stone that, you know, that you might have to like flow with, go with, complete, and you may not actually be in that state to be able to do that, that's actually going to work against you and make you feel more unproductive 
than what it actually would if, you know, things were a little more open and you were constantly just looking for while you have a, a, a medium-sized picture, not big picture, but you were focused on doing the next thing that feels right for you within that business or your life or whatever it is. Oh my God, I love that. And I am the same. I actually did a meditation the other day and in the meditation she was actually saying you know look at your life five years from now 10 years from now and then 30 years from now and it's so funny it actually completely took me out of that meditative state because Uh I'm like I'm like shit I can't even sometimes decide what I want to have for dinner like (laughs) yeah how am I meant to decide like what my life 30 years down the track actually looks like like I I can't do that I'm very the same as you I'm feeling into everything and then I feel into that next step and kind of like looking for the breadcrumb in which way I actually should be going. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And now getting back to, oh, well, I, yeah, I don't have a HSC. Definitely wasn't in the right. I finished school in year 11 um, and went into the workforce. Actually, I wasn't even well enough. Like I had severe anxiety, not that we knew what it was. And so I sort of took on little odd jobs and things like that. But then when I started to become really well again and found my path through exercise, did the PT thing again, following the crumbs, following the crumbs. Um, and then through enjoying the writing, wrote the books, those sorts of things. Now there's no fucking way that that would have come into my five-year plan or I have no, there's just nothing that would have said to me, even at 25, you're going to write a book. I would have thought you're off your meds for sure. (laughs) Like there's no, that just wasn't on my radar. However, when I got to that point, it was just the most natural thing to do in succession. But no one, if I'd have waited to do a course to get permission to tell me how to write a book when actually I already knew how to write a book in you just I knew um it probably would never have eventuated yeah I completely I completely agree with that and for me like if I was to rewind five years I still have my Pilates studio like it's (laughs) like yeah and then so I maybe I was writing at the time but then after that I was like writing full-time and copywriting and then I was doing doTERRA and now I'm doing what I'm doing now like so much has changed so I'm exactly the same as you and I think back to what you were talking about the writing the book the book I think it's sometimes delaying the inevitable like it's delaying the actual writing of the book The, the book still has to get written you still have to go through that uncomfortable process Mm -hmm. now you still have now you basically like if you've done the course you go through the uncomfortable process but you've done a course and sometimes for some people some people work well with a framework but I think for um like I know for me being an anxious type sometimes that can kind of cock block me from actually doing something because if I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not working to the framework. Okay. The course says that I need to write 20 minutes a day. Does that mean that I write 25 minutes a day? What if I only get like 10 minutes? What if I do two hours today and I do nothing tomorrow? And then because I feel like this is how I should be doing it, we need to remember as well that sometimes when we, we upskill in a particular way, like take what resonates with you, leave the rest because it actually mightn't be the perfect way to, for you to actually work. Yep. And then, and then you approach it and you're like, okay, writing a book isn't for me. 
when it's not like that, the course might be advising, say, 20% of the population. And it's like, well, what if you're in the 80% or you're in <laughs> this yep. portion that would be better off to kind of take yourself away for a week, lock yourself in a cabin in the woods and literally just like spew it out onto your laptop. Like that could be the kind of person you are. You just don't know. Well, that's it. You don't know until you start to get curious with the way that you show up, what works better for you. And I mean, we can't, we're all so different. Like some people are super visual. Some are, you know, what are the other ones? I don't know. But like, <laughs> you know, I was going, but like, there's like people who um, focus well by like, um, fuck, I can't even, oh, so there's, there's like audible, like there's, yes. you yeah. know all the different ways in which we like to ingest information or some people are super creative in an artistic sense. Other people are creative musically. Other people are creative with words, building, all of these sorts of things. So you've got to find the thing that lights you up and not be afraid to do it in a way that serves you and rather than, you know, what how someone else tells you to do it. Completely, 100% agree. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awkward. If it that's wasn't. A, well, it's, <laughs> no. Oh, let's unpack that. No. <laughs> um, but one of the things I know that whenever I've said, I'm going, like, I know when I first said, I'm going to write a book, so many people gave me that head tilt of, huh, like, what have you done to prepare for that? Like that sort of thing, or I'm going to start a blog, or I'm going to start coaching. Well, the coaching wasn't as, as shocking, thank God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is, or, I, well, for build a house. I went building this house. I project managed it, the whole thing. I had no fucking clue on how to build a house. There was no husband. There was no anything like that. And when I, people would say, oh, who's helping you? I'm just doing it. I'm just figuring it out. And I mean, there's heaps of things. Like I haven't put a clothesline in. I forgot that. There's like, I have blocked, you know, out the side of the house that you can't get access to the backyard now, except you can get a wheelbarrow in, but I didn't factor that in to the plan. So there's lots of things where it's like, huh, you know, someone with a bit of um, nous about them who had experience in building might have thought that one through but you can still do it like if I'd have not done this because someone else told me that I needed more experience then I wouldn't be sitting here now so it's like I don't know where I was going with that which is I'm just started looking around at things that I needed to do in the house um <laughs> but what like that head tilt and that perception that of what and that fear of what other people are going to say about your next step, your dreams, your goals, your opportunity, that shit scares so many people, that head tilt, that questioning. Why do you think that is? Um, I, well, I think, and I've read some, some stuff about this, like I avid reader. I think that it's something that we've carried with us from like ancient times where any time that we would do something in our tribe, we would risk rejection, which actually could mean death. 
Whoa. I don't know if you've read. Yeah, like I don't know if you've read stuff about that before, where being different kind of came with a price. Yep. Um, and I think, like, I don't know, being younger, you would kind of like witness that as well. We all had like the groups in school where you do one thing or do something a bit silly, and then your friends wouldn't talk to you all day, and you're like, "What is this?" Yes. Uh, <laughs> that would happen quite a lot. Um, but it's one thing that I do now. Um. And I even, I tell my clients, I'm really selective with who I kind of tell things to. Mm-hmm. Like there are people when, um, if someone says, how's business for most people, like 99% of people, I'm like, it's amazing. I'm bringing out a course. It's so good. But then there are the people who are in the work, like my business friends. And I'm yeah. like, it's great, but holy shit, there is something that's happening that's driving me up the wall. So I'm, I'm conscious sometimes of, of picking like who I actually will, will say stuff to because I think it is a valid fear, especially when we're still building that self-belief muscle. Yeah. We don't want uh, – like it's so easy for us to go to people and them to be like, what the hell is that about? Like I still have that now. Um, I know for me with my email course, there were people who were like, there's so many email courses out there. And I'm like – yeah, well, it pretty much just backs up that there needs to be another course about this. Where if that was me five years down the track, I would have been, that would have really thrown me. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, now I just approach things quite differently. But then we also need to be aware that a lot of the people, like the head tilters, they have their stuff too. And I find the people who are the most judgmental towards us are the people that have the dreams that they just aren't actioning because there is so much fear blocking them. I definitely concur. It's like so when someone else's passes part when someone else passes judgment and it's often comes from a good place of concern like especially in family and those sorts of things generational differences where you know like I know my parents generation it was very much play it safe. They, the, you know, do the secure thing, don't take too many risks, stick with what you know, bricks and mortar, blah, blah, blah. And then you go and throw, you know, something online, something different, something startup-y. That can be really scary for them because then it triggers all of their stuff, which, you know, could that stems from their childhood or, or whatever. And, you know, that ripple effect. So, like... That's another important thing as well is to examine where your belief systems come from because these limiting beliefs, these fears, these, you know, course blocks, cock blocks, biz blocks may not actually be your own. They're highly likely to be someone else's that you've picked up and taken on as yours and they just might not be serving you anymore, right? Oh, completely. And I find all of this stuff like really fascinating. I know for me, when something comes up for me, I'll I'll always be like, is this mine or is this? And it's so funny. I can usually put it in like my, with my dad or my mom. I'm like, oh, I've gotten this from my mom. (laughs) Yes, totally. And like I was saying to you before, like I, this is when we're recording this, it's the day before my birthday. And I always do my list. I do a birthday list of however many things that I know to be true in my heart. So I've got 38 things coming out tomorrow. I've worked on it throughout the year, 38 truths. 
and I usually just put like a really nice little photo of like something like it's my head but I'm choosing a video that my mum was like don't you put that on Instagram because we'd had a few drinks and whatever if by the time this comes out go check it out it's really funny um maybe it's not but she and I said why shouldn't I put this up mum it's I, I said I haven't got any intention but why and she said because you run a business and because you're a mum and I was like oh fine and I sort of sat with it and I thought no I do run a business but I my who I am is part of the business this is funny this is also an element that we can be both and the fact that I don't mind to have a few drinks and we'll do have some fun with my friends does not take away from the fact that I can like be a successful mindset coach that I understand and can navigate the ways that we think um, and experience life. And the fact that I'm a mum does not disqualify me from having fun when I don't have my children with me. Like it's like then you've got to examine it. So the same thing goes for business. But if I was to listen to her, that would instill the fact that all business, no play, and mums can't have fun. Yeah, I completely, completely relate to everything you said. Not that I have, not that I have um, like children, but I'm a chronic oversharer online, and there are so many people that are like, "Oh, you should put your boobs away. It's business." And I'm like, "But why?" Like. Yeah, I just <laughs> I want to like I'm just dressing how I want to dress. I'm saying like what I want to say. But I think the amazing thing that happens from all of this by you showing up and being you, it actually also gives other people permission to do the same. And then in turn, you're actually going to be attracting the right customers for you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that there's so, again, coming back to what we think we should be, Peter um, Peter Kelly, I can't wait to read her book. I haven't read it yet. The second one, are we, like, you're missing the point um, about, you know, that spiritual and soulful when people get on this, like, consciousness police, um, you know, that you've got to, like, you've got to, the only way to live an enlightened life is to do yoga, drink smoothies, um uh, you know, like uh, attend every single protest, get on every single bandwagon, blah, 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 blah. And if you're not doing that, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, no, in actual fact, we all need to approach things and can live in a way that is authentic to us, support the things that matter. And the fact that some of these consciousness police are the most judgy people of all that's what cracks me up. And it's the same thing in life and business or whichever way you want to look at it. It's however works for you. There's no cookie cutter method. And it's the individuality with it all that makes, you know, your own kind of magic, right? Oh, completely agree with everything. And I had a little giggle to myself. I've had run-ins with a couple of people like that, um, like the love and light people who are like, oh. you shouldn't be doing <laughs> the worst the worst yeah i'm i'm sending the i'm meaning i'm just gonna say this but it comes from a place of love and you're like don't say it do not say it because that <laughs> or no offense and then says something really offensive 
Yeah. And, but it's so it's so interesting how it happens. I'm like, of all people, like <laughs> this should be water off a duck's back to you. But it's I find that sometimes I I've had people in my life, it's like they take the most offense to something that's just so innocent and I'm kind of just like the definition of like the shrugging emoji being like, I don't know why this is happening right now. Yeah. People take offense to anything. I think we've gotten while I think there's plenty of correcting like that needs to go on and I'm so glad that it has in so many areas I just hope we all can keep our sense of humor and the lightness and the absurdity that is life can still just keep rolling on yeah agree agree there's got to be a balance there so let's talk about pivot because you've had some massive pivots which I love Run us through the pivots of like all the main ones of your career so far. Uh, main pivots. So I sold my Pilates studio in 2017. I had two, no, three sales fall through. And it's so funny because it was a very successful business. And when people were like, why don't you want to, like, why are you selling? I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and it kind of just blew everyone's mind that, it's kind of like, you know, when you leave the party, when it's like on a high, when yeah. you're like leaving and it's at the peak and you're like, right, I'm out. You don't want to be the person who's kind of like the last one there and it's awkward. And I knew that if I'd stayed any longer, um, I think that I would have gotten to that point where yeah. I would have like really, really hated it. So that was probably my first pivot. Oh my gosh, there was so much pushback about it. That probably was going on with people <laughs> talking about it for like two years Um, so now anytime someone talks about Pilates, I feel like I can sometimes have a twitch because (laughs) (laughs) it's such a sore point for me still, because I'm like, Oh my God, this was just rewriting that story. That would have been like the hardest pivot of all. And, um, I then, yeah, I was writing full time and then I worked out that I, I don't like that. Um, (laughs) Mm-hmm. So then I pivoted again. And I think the funny thing is, especially with our parents' generation, it was the kind of thing where you had your job and that was your job. Yeah. And maybe you moved companies or maybe you got promotions, but you kind of stayed in the same field. Where I think the beautiful thing about now is we can really pivot our careers and it's so it's fine. Like I think that there's some statistic where most people will stay in a job for two years and that's it. And then they'll change after that. And I love, I love that. I love that people are honoring themselves and not kind of staying in something because of what they think they should be doing. They know that they're kind of ready for that next step. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's more freedom to do it now. There's more opportunities. You can also like the ability to have a side hustle as well as your full-time job is much easier now in the online space. Um, But yeah, for sure. Like I know I started a podcast with no idea how to start a podcast. Like not a fucking clue. Did that. Just thought I'd give it a crack. What else? Oh, another thing that I can't believe people let me do was take my kids home from hospital. Definitely wasn't qualified to do that. Like probably could have done with a course or two, but again, did that like, and that, I guess all of those experiences and that life experience as well led to other pivots. 
and there's no linear path now like I know I tried doTERRA for a while again and that was great but also wasn't really set up for my lifestyle but it's you know I'm not afraid to have a pivot and I know that you're definitely not afraid to give something a go um, and look at every opportunity as redirection but it's the the story that you like many of us place on said failure which I don't believe is even a thing redirection or you know how much power story influence you wrap up in other people's perceptions of what it is that you're doing like that's going to have a major factor in how you progress or whether or not you take your next step forward in business Oh, 100% completely agree. And it's funny that this is coming up now because on um, the call that I just had with my clients, one of my clients was setting up a, was like a social media consulting thing. And she's like, oh, wow, I've worked out that people need business coaching with this. And I actually don't feel ready for this right now. And she has been creating this for the last couple months. And I was so proud of her because she was like, I think I'm just going to put this on the shelf for now. I'm not ready. I've actually thought of a new business. And I, I loved it because she was so acknowledged. There was no judgment. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm just going to move on to this. She wasn't trying to make it work. She honored how she felt and she's moving towards something that feels great. And I was like, I was so like, I was so proud of her. That's massive. That's massive. And it's, yeah, again, what you've got wrapped up in the story and the story that you're letting it mean. Like, I think it was Michelle Obama said that failure is a feeling, not a destination. And I love that. And if, you know, your client and your, um, that story that she had, if she would have seen that as like, just because she said that she was going to do something and now she's not, as a cock block or a, you know, a reason not to do the thing that she's feeling called to do, my goodness, she'd have a different experience. Oh, yeah, completely, completely. And I just love how she was like, oh, yeah, this hasn't worked out for now. It's something that I'm going to come back to. And I'm like thinking you have the best frame of mind for business. Like that is the kind of quality where that will come in so handy with everything that happens in future because there are so many people that are still like holding on to something because they think that they need to be doing it when they would be so much better off to just like put it down for now or just throw it in the bin. That's it. There's a lot of ego, a lot of, you know, too proud to um, try a different way because so much of themselves or their sense of self um or their sense of worth is wrapped up in the thing or whatever it is that they're doing when it actually needs to be something that's external from them like and she's done this and she's really young that's amazing early 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 20s and Mm. I'm like I wish I was like this at your age um totally it's a good skill like people are probably listening to this now and I think the thing is when people People judge you if that's their stuff. Yeah. Um, so being aware of that as well. But just like at the end of the day, make make a decision and know, as, as she said, she's like, I think I need to get a bit more experience under my belt and this could be something I'm going to come back to. And I'm like, I love that. That's 
that's so perfect. And she said it in such a way that I know that if someone said it to her, like, oh, that's really sucky or, oh, wow, I can't believe you've wasted time or how do you feel? Like, are you just going to stop your new business now? I know that it would be water off the duck's back for her and she would be like, oh, well, if I don't like my new business, I'll just change to something else. Like the best attitude. So good because it's just always our current situation doesn't define who we are and it's not our final destination in life and business. Yeah, and I love when you were saying that Michelle Obama quote, I was like, oh, I love this. It's so good. Because it is. It's like nothing's like finite. Like it's, it's just a feeling, not a destination. That feeling that we failed is not tangible. It's an emotion that is in our body attached to a story that we've, again, attached to an experience that we then can either replay over and over again or we can let it be a, um, an opportunity for redirection or understanding or file it in the fuck it bucket and move on. It's just like everything's an opportunity to get curious as to how you want to perceive it in life, business, relationships, and it's our perception that defines our reality. Yeah, because I think the amazing thing about like life and people is we all have failures, but they're our perceived failures, but there would be people looking at what we would call a failure and that for them would be a win. Massively. The fact that you took the opportunity to have a go is a win. Yeah, like she's learned skills in that. Like some people would be like, oh, wow. Like if just say, for example, if my client um, had the complete opposite frame of mind and she was like, oh, I can't believe I've wasted this time. There would be people who were like, oh, my God, but like you trusted your gut. You've Like they would see this as such a win. Um, so that's one thing as well. Whenever, you know, for me, if I feel like I've had a bit of a failure, I know that there would be people that would be looking on who like my definition of a failure is their definition of a win. Totally, totally agree. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. And I know like from working with you one-on-one -on -one, and then we have like our DMs and things going all the time that you are so supportive and so honest in how and transparent in the way that you do things. It's like your clients are one like lucky bunch of people. So you have your mastermind going now. You can work with you one-on-one. -on -one. You have your email <laughs> course coming up. <laughs> yeah, I've got my email course. I've got So I've got my membership, one-on-one, yep. -on -one, my mastermind, and my email course. And where can we find you? Because I know there's going to be, I know we've like danced around and talked about all the different things here, but that's what business is. Like business, life, relationships are all very similar, you know, pots of stew. Oh, fuck, gross. I don't like stew. I was like, just had this vision of my mum's stew. Anyway, they're all different. They're all the same salads, basically. They've just got different ingredients, but they're all sort of very similar components, you know what I mean? Like they're going to require different parts of you or maybe similar parts. I don't know. Um, I'm off with the fairies. So I don't know. I'm not nailing it. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but business and relationships are very similar. 
Oh my gosh, business and relationships are so similar. It's so funny because um, when I was writing, I was a sex and dating writer and a lot of, um, when I give examples in business to help people understand, I will like frame it in a dating situation. Yeah. Um, and I use like Tinder and stuff. So for example, when I teach email marketing, I'm like, you need to like warm your list up. You ha- you, you've got to date them. I said, if you're literally just contacting them whenever you want to sell them something. I'm like, it's like walking up to a woman in a bar and flopping your dick out on the table. So true. (laughs) They crack up laughing and you can see that they look mortified. But then when they actually can kind of link the two, they're like, oh, fuck, I'm a fuck boy. Yes. Um, (laughs) Totally. Just come to showing up when you want something and then like hit it and quit it. And that's exor- That's the sort of thing that I love about why what you do the way that you do it um, because it is so relatable and it makes it fun and light and you cover so much. So thank you for that. Well, that's okay. I love, I love putting stuff out there. I think something that has worked well for me in business, I try to have like a bit of a structure on what I share. But anytime you see me put something out there on my business page or even on my personal page, it's always been like I feel really inspired and I have this like little ping that I have to act on, like go and record an IGTV on this. So that's why sometimes when you see me in a video, I look like an excited five-year-old. Because <laughs> it's landed. Yeah, because it's yeah. not like me being like, oh, okay, it's Tuesday, I have to record this video. It'll be me kind of cleaning my toilet or doing something ridiculously mundane And then all of a sudden I'll be like, I have to record a video on this. Like it's just, and then I'll stop what I'm doing and then I'll just start recording. But that's perfect. That's what makes it so good and relatable. Everything isn't polished and it doesn't need to be in business. It just needs to be real, true and relevant. Like exactly. And I think that the fact that you're having these, like we're having these conversations, although my end of the bargain today is toddlerish at best. But the fact that you are bringing business to the world and permission for it to look how it looks and permission for it to be different and permission not to have it look the way that it may have been sold to us in the past, I think that's so empowering and so important and so freeing for so many people. Like I certainly appreciate it and you make what once may have been and to feel that, wait, oh God, I'm losing it. What something that may have felt impossible seem possible? Um, yeah, it's so so valuable. So where can people find you if they definitely want to get into the Peter Serres business um, or follow along at home, or you know they're just curious about this business magician that I've spoken so much about today, who was holding this podcast together. Oh, you're so kind. I love you, Katie. Big hugs from afar. <laughs> oh, COVID-friendly ones, obviously. <laughs> this should be the safe distance. You're in it's Melbourne and I'm in Newey. Like, what, 1,300 kilometres away? <laughs> yeah, social distancing, nailed it. <laughs> um, so the, the places that people can find me, oh, my gosh, I love Instagram. Like, I'm always on Instagram. I usually have my phone tethered to my hands. I don't even have my notifications on. I just check it all the freaking time. Same. So I have, I, it's, it's terrible, but then I love it. Like I love my DMs. I love my DM chats. I always love them with you. Thanks. Um, 
<laughs> so I've got my two Instagrams. So I've got Peter Serres, and that is, I don't even want to call it my personal page. It's kind of like a mixed bag of lollies. Like yeah. there's, there's memes, there's some business, there's dating. You never really know what you're going to get. Um, that's kind of that page. But then if you really want um, like the business tips, it's professional babe. So everything on there um, is designed to help you grow and scale your business. But one thing that I love to talk about as well, I call it my little entrepreneurial musings. I do like to talk about that, and I'm going to use this in quotes, like the perceived shit in business and failures, um, because I think that there's so much inspiration with that. Like one post that I did was kind of my terrible beginnings of my Pilates studio. So you'll see that if you go there about how it was not Instagram worthy. So it's not the kind of place where it's very Pinterest perfect. It is yeah. like real life business. So those are the two places that you can find me. I love that. And you can book in with you through um, Instagram. You've got yeah. that capacity yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So just head to my um, link in bio. There are a couple of different little freebies on there as well. So if you opt in, you'll be subscribed to my emails. Otherwise, if you're unsure, if you're like, oh my God, I just need help and I don't know where to start, always slide into my DMs and I'm, I'm happy to kind of recommend a place for you to start. Peter, thank you so, so much. And I really do appreciate what you do in the world and the way that you've shown up today. Um, and I know so many people are going to get so much out of it. Even if it's re even if they don't have their own business, just the reassurance that we're all just doing the best that we can and figuring it out and that it's okay for life to look different and it's okay for things to look different than how others would perceive them to be or, you know, be comfortable with them being. Um, it's just so helpful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait until I can finally come back to Newcastle and we can go out for a bevy. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That will be some fun Instagram stories and even more fun of what doesn't make it to the gram. <laughs> I'm praying for us both. Oh, thanks, Peter. <laughs> thank you so much, Katie.